This podcast is offered by Black Mountain Zen on the web at blackmountainzen.org. Our public offerings are made possible by the kind donations from people like you. I was noticing this morning as we were walking down by the river that it wasn't the way it was before. And thinking, oh, I think I liked it better when it was overgrown. Uh, you know, it's like my mind couldn't help itself but see this, see how it is, think about how it was, and then judge them. You know, look more natural overgrown. You know, and this is the, the territory of Sashin, the territory of um, bringing awareness to each and every experience that we have. Well, you get to see yourself be yourself. You get to notice how each situation, each state of being is comes into experience and how it's related to um, it's like we're, we're undertaking a journey and the, and the journey has moves in two directions it moves in and it moves out you know the inner part is um, we start to see our own makeup, we start to see our own inner landscape. The, uh, the formation of our sense of self. You know, we start to see it by just being present for it. And then we start to see our outer world. You know, comparing this to how it was before or how we'd like it to be or how we wish it wasn't yeah. and it's very interesting because depending upon our disposition our state of mind this can either be enthralling, boring, um, deeply informative, or deeply upsetting. You know? Like how it's all met in the moment really colors as well as helps create it to be what it is. It's a subjective world we live in. The internal subjective, the external. Oh. This is not what it was last time I was here.
certain plant that had in taken over was cut to the ground. Then the mind wants to decide, was that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah. Is this progress or the world unraveling? And, and as it's seen more clearly, then it's seen as, oh, this is actually an internal subjective uh, process. This world is being co-created. Something's being seen and a commentary is being created about it. And this is what we do. So as we start Sashin, um, you know, a willingness to live this way, to see what's going on in the moment, to experience it, to feel it. And, and it has two, two qualities to it, you know, but it is internal and external. Within the, both of those dimensions have a, two qualities, you know. The one quality is um, something's opening. You know? Here we are, as I was saying last night, you know, here we are now in an environment uh, constructed to support awareness. And we enter it and we live in it with silence. So rather than exacerbate the noisiness, we invite it into quiet. There's opening, there's awakening. Maybe it's not as much as we'd like, but... (laughs) And then the other quality is that it... um, the unfinished business of our inner being, those agendas um, assert themselves, they come forth. They speak of their own yearnings and resentments, their their own uncertainties and hopes. And it's very helpful as we start to just be willing to live in this set of circumstances, you know, inner and either. Mm, so be it. There'll be moments when I feel present and at ease, and there'll be moments when I feel 
ill at ease. Probably swamped by um, thoughts of somewhere else, or feelings, or both. You know, here's a poem David White wrote about this. He calls it The Opening of Eyes. It is the opening of eyes long closed. It is the vision of far off things seen for the silence they hold. It is the heart after years of secret conversing, speaking out loud in the clear air. It is Moses in the desert, fallen on his knees before the lit bush. It is a man throwing away his shoes as if to enter heaven and finding himself astonished, opened at last, fallen in love with solid ground. So if you pay attention, you'll notice the sign of the furnace. And interestingly, when we notice it, it has its own um, dazzling presence, like the lit bush before Moses. But you'll also notice, as I call it, this unfinished business of our being. Its painfulness, its murkiness. So I would say it's helpful as we enter in to know, okay, this is what I'm in for. Well, and the challenge is to be aware of it. The challenge is to stay attentive. And part of that challenge is to not conjure up in your own mind, here's what success in practice looks like. You know, success in practice is being able to count your breaths from one to ten. No, not really. Success in practice is being awake to whatever is happening. And that's not really so much a success as a natural state of being. So as we start to remind yourself the proposition, or as in China they used to call it, the first principle. The first principle of practice is awareness. To be awake, to be open, to whatever is happening.
And then as I mentioned last night too, the inner alignment and the outer alignment. Mm. Something brought us here, some notions of what um, is purposeful in life. Hmm? It's brought us here. And then both to receive that, be supported by that, and guided by that, and at the same time to go beyond it. You know, at the same time to let beginner's mind experience a place we've never been before. Even when our mind is saying it's not the same as it was last year. It's this time's mind that says that. And even no matter how many sashins you have or how much zazen you've sat before, uh, to recognize we're always rediscovering the body. There's always the challenge and the opportunity for this fresh experience of our own physical being, rediscovering our posture. You know, this, this is the, these are the building blocks of um, the inner alignment. You know, the more we notice our body, the, the more our awareness shifts from our mind telling our body what to be to the experience we're having of being body creating alignment. And right in the middle of that experiencing and creating alignment, um, there's a wordless engagement. And then similarly with the breath. As we experience the breath, and we experience what it is to let the breath flow, or not, what it is to let something open and receive the breath, what it is to exhale and let everything go. The more we experience that, the more we bring attention to it, the more we open to it, the more it reveals. And the more we discover how body and breath uh, express and sustain this inner alignment. And how this inner alignment um, it, it links to the outer alignment 
in those moments of experiencing. We pause, we notice, we experience. So as much as you can, can that become like the heartbeat of your practice? Pause, notice, experience. Even though your intention has brought you here, and usually our intention has some notion about success and failure. But as we enter into Sushin, can we forget success and failure and just walk in this steady heartbeat of pause, notice, experience? And it's interesting because it's not simply the product of being concentrated or calm. It, it, it's actually the product of a way of our being gets aligned with the intention of practice. It's closer to vow than accomplishment. No? If we were to turn it into words, are you willing to be present for whatever you are? No? Sometimes as we start to sheen, you know, we think, okay, well, this is a time to be good, be holy, you know. Whatever that means to us, you know. But, but actually, it's simple, a willingness to experience. Maybe we can motivate ourselves and say, well, all these things that are happening within me and in relationship to me that influence my life, um, as I notice them, I will have more insights, more skillfulness in relating to them. You know, maybe our motivation can be like that. But as we enter into Shishin, you know, we discover uh, we're not in control. No. We're not in control of our own mind. The thought just pops up. This is not how it was last year. last year's configuration is was better than this. And of course in awareness that's just its own 
lit bush. Huh. Yeah. And then if the mind takes hold of it and starts making up stories and then a whole drama is created. Pause, notice, experience. And then as the conditioned self, no, it's not merely carried over from the past and not merely what's created by what's being seen, but some mix of the two. As, as we experience that self, that creation of self, um, we, we start to see how you carry awareness out into everything. Like when we do Zazen, it's primarily the alignment of the body, the breath, the mind, the emotions. And then we carry it out to everything. Yeah. And we carry pause, notice, experience into all of that. And will this be simply serene process? Hmm. Probably not. It's not the way our being works. Um, but still, with our steadiness, uh, something can be um, cultivated. And in Buddhist teachings, um, there's five faculties, five factors that stimulate awareness. And, and, and the first one is trust, confidence. Um, to, we earn our own trust, you know? In whatever way our mind um, in its usual patterns creates a commotion, creates an agitation, creates a deep sense of yearning or aversion or restlessness or doubt, you know. Hearing the crow and creating a disturbing story, you know. There's a way in which we don't trust that as the full expression of being. It's agitation. Um, 
doesn't inspire confidence. Now as we open to it, as we see it for what it is, as, as, as we f hold it in awareness, you know, we start to bring a balance. We start to, br we start to put it in perspective. We start to meet it with compassion. You know? As we do that, then the very same experience stimulates trust. Each vignette of conversation. <laughs> When it has its own space, it's just what it is. It's, um, no? Even if our mind is adding a little like or dislike to it, no? it's the stuff of life. And, and in that way of relating, something trustable. an interesting disposition or the difference between um, being bothered, annoyed, upset by something happening and it having a kind of a space. Okay, so what's happening? So this quality, shraddha, trust, willingness, Confidence. And you know, the alchemy of it is, you know, the alchemy, the notion in the Middle Ages of turning lead into gold. You know, you take something uh, useless, worthless, and turn it into something precious. Yeah. It's a good analogy because there's a way in which awareness does this to our experience. You know, we see it for what it is and it's precious. Yeah. When any particular moment's allowed to happen and just be itself express its own being, it shines like a lit bush. When any particular experience is allowed to arise and fall away, um, that part of us that struggles with things, with, the, with our experience, is being offered a liberation.
And this, as I'm saying, is this is initiated by willingness. Are you willing to be who you are? Are you willing to let your body breathe? Are you willing for your mind to express itself the way your mind expresses itself? <coughs> and then the next faculty is um, engagement. It covers the range from sort of a diligent, persistent effort to this kind of um, sparkling energy when something's just seen as it is and allowed to be itself. And certainly as we start Sashin, you know, for almost all of us, um, the settling in, the not just wandering off endlessly in the habits of your mind, of all those difficult issues of your life, just not feeding them and keeping them in a state of agitation. You know, that kind of persistence. It's not about suppression. It's about breathe it in and breathe it out. It's like let it pass through. And in that diligence, discovering that yogic skill. What is it to let all these experiences happen and let them all go? and to watch and discover what ones that's easy with and what ones it's not so easy with. And as you're sitting and getting distracted, that diligence, just come back, just come back. Okay, each period of zazen, my mind is going to wander a hundred times. Okay. Sometimes that wandering will be for a couple of seconds, sometimes for a couple of minutes. And, and the more we sustain that diligence, the more contact we make with the experience. The, the, the more we sort of come out of the dream of being. You know, I, I was flying here and such as the joy of flying all night that um, 
you don't sleep very much, at least I don't sleep very much. And I was watching my mind, what happens to my mind when I don't get any sleep? It's kind of torture, but it's also... (laughs) It's also very interesting, you know, to see you don't think so clearly. Uh, You can get into states of being where you're half asleep, half awake. Things become more visual and less uh, conceptual. Um, Consciousness is pliable. It's not a steady state. this, This diligence influences the state of mind. The bad news is, it's not always pleasant. (laughs) But can you just stay with it? And then the next factor is mindfulness. In some ways, these are all just elements of mindfulness, but then mindfulness um, there's the aspect of when we are uh, diligently bringing attention. There's There's that aspect, you know, how do you make contact? How do you pause, notice, experience? And then there's also the aspect of how do you just reside, abide in a moment of presence? How how does the willingness let the moment just ripen and be itself? You know, how, how can you be astute enough that when the mind is busy, you bring a persistent diligence? And then as the mind starts to quiet, so like, get out of your own way. Just let it be. Just let the awareness be. Sometimes we, we accomplish this better on our breaks, you know? You're being diligent, oh, diligent, diligent, and then you think, ah, just take a break. And then you notice, you know, how the morning sun is casting an amazing light through the, the bones of the tree. Or whatever. Yeah. And that residing has its own healing. Mm. 
presents us it, it, with an alternative to our restlessness. It has its own quality of resilience. You know, last night I was talking about wholeness, you know. As, and one aspect of wholeness is this integration. We integrate the experience into being part of what we are. And it's, it's our mindfulness, it's mindfulness that helps this to happen. So it covers a range. It's like not pulling back from the difficult experience and residing in the um, settledness of a moment. It's about being here and letting go of elsewhere. creates an integration, a sense of balance. And then as that ripens, um, there's like a fuller experience of here, you know, and then that's the next faculty, you know, this fuller experience. You know? And then sometimes it's skillful to deliberately um, promote a fuller experience. And usually we do that is by shifting out of habit, you know. Maybe walk a little slower. Chew that mouthful of food a little longer. brush your teeth a little bit more attentively. Not because you're trying to make something special, but just because it's already special and you're just connecting to it. So we do it deliberately and then we discover in that how we can f experience anything and everything more fully. And then the last faculty is the faculty of um, insight. And an insight has its own kind of range, you know, the range from um, we just in a moment see a habit of mind. This is not what it was last year.
the mind's habit to compare. When it's busy comparing, this is not what it was last year, it's not so attending to what it is now. Just habit of mind. You know? um, we, we see the details of our own inner landscape, the patterns of our own mind and emotions. When I was leaving San Francisco, we all boarded the plane, all of us who were going on the plane. And then just as the last person got on, they announced, you all have to get off again. <laughs> we don't have a pilot. Didn't you think of that sooner? <laughs> Is that the last thing on the checklist? <laughs> There's nobody up front driving. <laughs> so they took everybody off the plane. And then of course, then we're all anxious, what's going to happen to my plans? Had a period of confusion and then put us all back on the plane. Of course, at that point we were an hour and a half late, but... Uh, and it was interesting to watch how different people would respond to this, you know? Agitated complaining, frightened, bemused. Uh, each of us with our own emotional patterns. And then whatever life presents, we bring them forth. Are you outraged at such terrible service? Are you bemused by the notion? Like, didn't anybody think <laughs> that they would need a pilot? <laughs> so as we watch carefully, as experience happens, you know, you can watch and see your own tendencies to think a certain way, to f emote a certain way. And as we see them, we see through them. And, and there's a way in which we see the self more clearly and we see the world more clearly.
there's an insightfulness. It's not just the product of our ideas and judgments. We see the nature of what is. We make sense, more sense to ourselves. So trust, engagement, mindfulness, more fully experiencing and insight. So these qualities. As David White would say, the opening of the eyes. It is the opening of eyes long closed. It is the vision of far off things seen for the silence they hold. It is the heart after years of secret conversing, speaking out loud in the clear air. It is Moses in the desert, fallen to his knees before the lit bush. It is the man throwing away his shoes as if to enter heaven and finding himself astonished, open at last, fallen in love with solid grind. You know, in that image, we come to Shashin in search of heaven and find that what's right in front of us has its own um, majesty, its own completeness. So as we enter in, willing, all sorts of stuff are going to happen, all sorts of thoughts and feelings, pleasant and unpleasant. Can there be a steady diligence? Can there be a rediscovery? Maybe it'll sound like a choir. (laughs) 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 Or maybe it won't. It's almost contradictory, you know, the sense of willingness and then this diligence. Return to the body, return to the breath, pause, notice, experience. Let let both of them be steady and consistent.
like the emperor asking Bodhidharma, you know, well, okay, well, what is the most accomplished way of expressing the first principle of practice? doesn't have a fixed expression, you know. Your shishin will unfold the way your shishin unfolds. <laughs>